Welcome to the Harlan Cone podcast. I've never called it the Harlan Cone podcast before, Ethan. Isn't that funny? It's weird. Use your name. So you're the college essay guy. We'll get into who the college essay guy is in a second. But I mean, like on your birth certificate, does it say the college essay guy? No one says I want to be the college essay guy when I grow up. <laughs> so but that's not your real name. What is your real name? My real name is Ethan. A lot of folks don't know my middle name, but it's Lion, L-Y-O-N, Sawyer. And I think I can say that without any fear of like my identity being stolen. But if my identity gets stolen, we'll come back and delete it. It's already been stolen. And little do you know, my TV, you bought it for me. <laughs> it's beautiful <laughs> at netflix you pay for my netflix and my at disney plus somehow the your card didn't go through for the disney plus i don't understand what's going on if you just email me we'll get that taken care of <laughs> right it's 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 perfect so today i have the pleasure of visiting with ethan lyon sawyer the college essay guy and ethan and i go way back and i get such a i just get a smile i just have like a good feeling when i talk to ethan because Ethan is really someone who wants to help students to reach their potential. And his life and his story and who he is, is someone that really, it's uh, it, it, I, I get why you do this and, and how your life experiences have informed you. So Ethan, will you please help us to understand just a little bit of, about who you are, not just what you do. Um, going back to, you know, little boy, Ethan, and some of those life experiences that led you here today. Yeah, let, let me give you like the, let's do like the 90 second version so that well, I spare folks like the, the hour long version. But I grew up moving around a ton. My parents, uh, we went to, I went to 13 schools, we moved 20 times and I had to figure out how to get good at meeting people fast. And so I think I also got really tired of like small talk and I was kind of like, look, we got to get this going because I'm getting ready to leave basically. And when I, I got into writing and in college, I studied screenwriting. And I think it was that combination of things, asking questions, writing, screenwriting, that when I graduated college led me to go to get a job helping students write college essays. I'd been told before I went to Northwestern that, you know, my essays helped get me in. And so I think that kind of planted a seed too. But it wasn't until... I was like a year or so into a counseling program that I started to see how deep the work of writing your personal narrative can be and how, how, how it feels like to me, you know, under the right circumstances and given the right amount of time can be a, a kind of modern rite of passage, because I feel like our culture is kind of devoid of these rites of passage. And so as students, as I've sort of deepened this over the last 20 years or so, I think that one of the things we've been able to do at CEG, which is like college essay guy, is put together resources, free resources mostly, for helping students connect more deeply with themselves. And then for counselors and parents who are like helping students, connecting more deeply with one another. And that's what I feel like deeply committed to Harlan. And that's when I'm in conversation with you or when I'm meeting somebody or meeting a student, um, it's like, how can we connect in a way that feels, like how can we create psychological safety for one another? so that we can like learn more about ourselves and our world together. Yeah, I'm excited to learn about the personal statement. I'm excited to just understand what it is, the purpose of it, how somebody even takes the first step to approach this. But a question I get a lot, Ethan, is how can someone meet other people? Like I have a lot of advice on how you can make friends and meet people. And one of the things I tell students when they're in a new environment or really anyone who's in a new job, anyone who's in a social situation is you need to know your story. Like what's your story? Like what's your short little story? If you were to share that story with someone you're meeting and there's context to that story, but do you, do you have like a little story? Do you have like a two or three sentence story? That's Ethan's story. You know, actually, as you say how to meet people, I realized that my tactic, my trick, Harlan, is not talking about myself. It's it's asking, I said, I mentioned this asking great questions. I, I will, I'll do that. I'll, I'll share the Ethan story in two to three sentences in just a second. But like, it reminds me of, I had this friend in my counseling program who was having trouble meeting people. And I was like, well, what kind of questions do you ask? Have, I, have we talked about this? 
no. I was like, what, what kind of questions are you asking? He's like, you know, I ask him like, what do you do for work? And you know, what, how, you know, how, what's, you know, he'll, he'll talk about the weather and stuff I was like you need better questions. So we created this Google doc and it was called questions to ask strangers at parties. And it was a huge list of maybe like 120 questions. And then eventually I was like, oh, this would make a cool blog. So we published this list of what we called brave and interesting questions. And within like, like a month, we were ranking as like number three on Google for interesting questions. <laughs> and so if folks Google this, if you Google interesting questions or interesting questions, call Jessica, you'll see a list of what I, what we call brave and interesting questions. And I wouldn't suggest like use all of them with every person you meet, but it, it can give you a cool set of like back of your mind questions when you're trying to get to know somebody. And if I was to like answer your question, which is like, what's Ethan's story? Um, I think I would probably use the question stem if you really knew me. So if you really knew me, Ethan, you would know, for example, that um, my growing up moving around a lot helped me gain the superpower of getting to know folks quickly and getting to like connect with just about anybody, but also bred in me a fear of intimacy and getting too close. And this was in my, you know, friendships and also in my romantic relationships, such that I would like break up with my college girlfriend on the academic cycle. <laughs> and it took a little bit of self, you know, interrogation and, you know, therapy from my friends mostly to realize that I was in this pattern of like, you know, not getting too close. And I think it's still sort of with me today. Um, but I, if I had to give it like the two, three sentence version, it's like good at getting close, but not too close. Um, but I'm working on it would be something like it. I love that. I mean, I think that honesty of just looking in the mirror and reflecting and getting to a deeper place of just understanding, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I've been working on that a lot and it's taken me a while to get brave enough to really acknowledge just how, how afraid I am when it comes to experiencing pain, you know, mm. like I've, I've been just going through, I have a therapist and, and I love, I love therapy and I, and I'm really good at making people laugh and I'm really good at deflecting conversations and I'm really good at making people feel good. But what I've recognized is just how afraid I am of pain. And yeah. I'm, I'm an expert on rejection because rejection is really, I think the, the most stinging pain that we experience and the most deeply personal. So it's understanding it, but then it's also acknowledging it and processing it and giving myself the space to feel it and cope with it in healthy ways. Yeah, totally. And and it's like pain. This pain is such a beautiful place to begin our conversation, which is such a funny way to start it. It's a good first sentence of an essay, but it re it really is because you know it's a real feeling. And I think when it comes to the college process, there aren't a lot of real feelings. You know, it's very technical, and there's a lot of bureaucracy and there's a process, you know, there's acronyms and it's, it's deeply impersonal in many ways. So I want to understand what the role of the personal statement is or the essay or whatever that is. So before we do that, because you're also an admissions expert, can you just give us like a quick umbrella look at okay, what are the components of admissions? And then where does this whole essay, supplemental essay, personal statement, whatever you want to call it, how does that fit in? Totally. So zooming back, if I had to put it into a sentence, what are colleges looking for? They want to know what are the skills, qualities, values, and interests that you're going to bring to the college community. And that's what they're assessing. And you're showing this through a few different parts of the application. The main thing that they're going to be looking for in terms of like, you know, their academic institutions is going to be not just your grades, but the rigor of courses that you took. And when colleges are surveyed each year, they're like, this is what we care about most. It used to be that what they care about second most was standardized tests. But with the big test optional and test blind movement, that's dropped. Now, colleges don't necessarily look at that next. Some colleges do. There are very few that require tests, but most have moved away from that. So the next thing they're looking at is, and I'll just put a bunch of things in no particular order, but they're looking at things like, what has been your uh, extracurricular involvement in terms of other things that you're involved, you know, that you're connected with? 
Um, what do your teacher recommendations say? What are your counselor recommendations? In other words, what do people say about you? Another thing that they look at a lot is essays, your essays and your, um, you know, your story or your stories that you want to tell for the application, depending on what, what school you're applying to. And then underneath that are a bunch of other intangibles, intangibles, but things like demonstrated interests, like certain small schools care about, are you likely to enroll or not? And there are certain ways that you can demonstrate, demonstrate that. Um, you know, did you interview, for example? But those are kind of minor concerns. So I would say it's the, the big one is grades and how hard your courses were, and then sort of all these other, you know, mid-level concerns, um, I, I would put them. And I would say in that sort of mid-level, you know, the mid-level concerns, a lot of those things aren't going to be make or break, but I think grades can be make or break. And um, if anybody's getting stressed listening to this already, I just want to say that like, most colleges in the in the United States accept most students. In fact, the average acceptance rate is about 65, 68%. So before you go like, ah, and start freaking out, I just want you to know that there, is an, there are awesome schools out there for you. And it's really just a matter of research to find some of those awesome schools. Yeah, well, thanks for the reminder, because I know that, you know, just thinking about grades, you know, people get so caught up and so worried and uh, they want to be wanted, but there's right. so many schools that will want you. And I preach this all the time. It's it's not the school, it's the student. You know, it's what you do when you're there. There's proof, challenge, success. Denise Pope has mentioned this a lot. And we've seen this through Frank Bruni. And just a reminder, it really is not about the school. And, and we've seen this. Uh, it's really about what happens when a student is there. Right. So for a student who's looking at college, and you've got a, a wide range. You know, I work a lot with first-generation students who look at this and, and they don't know where to start. And then you have other students who have lots of resources and families who have gone to college and been thinking about college since since kindergarten. So what I'm trying to do, and 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 hopefully we can do this, is no matter where someone is, you know, how do they how do they even know what a school wants, and how do they know how to start doing the work and when to start doing the work? So. In terms of the essay piece, mm -hmm. does every school require students to write a personal statement? Great question to start off. No, not the answer is no. I would say that depending on oftentimes how selective the school is, so like the more selective the school is, the more likely they are to require an essay and the more likely they are to require what are called supplemental essays. So I'll just give you an example. If you're applying to USC, University of Southern California, they're not only going to require a personal statement, AKA the college essay, which is gonna be about 650 words. You know, it's about a page and it's gonna be about your values and it's gonna show your personality, you know, what you care about, what you're interested in. And then separate from that, they're gonna include other questions like, hey, why do you wanna to go to USC? Give us some short answers so that we can kind of get to know you a little better. But if you're talking about a school like Penn State, for example, Penn State's a little bit more, a little bit less selective. They might ask for an essay, but, what they're really looking at as your grades, and I say this because I talked to Penn State about this you know, recently, and the admission officer is like, you know what? It's not as important for us, the essay. Then you've got schools that aren't gonna require essays at all. Cal State, for example, if you go to a Cal State school, they're looking at you know, your grades, maybe your, you know, not, not your scores for Cal States, but they're looking at your, you know, your grades basically. And if you've got the grades you're in, if not, not so much. And so some schools don't require them at all. So I would say, worry about it more for those schools that are more selective. Why is that? Those schools that are like a USC or you know Penn, for example, they're getting tons and tons of students with not just 4.0 GPAs, 4.8 GPAs. They've got all the extracurriculars, the great rec letters, all the things. And they're like, how do I tell this student from this student? And it starts to get into some of those particularities of like their personal statement and their supplemental essays where they can start to differentiate. So the short, I guess, longer answer is yeah. like, essays matter more for differentiating students who have similar profiles. So I know there are listeners who are thinking, okay, well, you know, my GPA is not at the same caliber as so many of these applicants. Um, is there a way that I could get someone to review my application and look past the grades and start with my essay? Or if the grade isn't high enough, are they not even going to look at your essay? Like, how can you wow them? Can you kind of find some ways? Because the other piece is due to COVID, 
due to so many of the emotional health challenges that students have faced, uh, there are a lot of students who didn't perform at the level that they're truly capable of performing. So how does someone approach that? Well, I think that this ends up becoming stress-making when students are defining their success in this process based on whether or not they get into a highly selective school. So let me say that in a slightly different way. If you've got a 3.0 GPA and you're like, I got to get into Stanford, I think this is going to be a really stressful process for you because it's very, it, I won't say impossible, but it's almost impossible to get into Stanford in general, you know, with a less than 5% acceptance rate and then take out athletes and legacy. And it's, you know, let's call it 2%. And then with a the 3.0, they just got so many students around the world that they're choosing from. So there's an easy, well, there's a, there's a stress reliever here. And it's, if you can expand the, um, your definition of what success looks like. So this is a place to start is go, how am I going to define success in this college admission process? And I think this is a really good one for parents too, to go, how are we going to define success as a family? Is it getting into Berkeley or is it actually, Hey, I want to make sure that I trade my applications on time that I've set aside time on the weekends or whatever it is to work on this, that I've engaged with some kind of, you know, you know, we've got pay what you can courses, for example, you know, some kind of resources to help me understand how this thing works. And I feel at the end of the day, like, you know what, I, I really gave it my best. And then it's up to the to reader and the, 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 the application reader to make the decision. Some of that might also include doing research to make sure that you're, you know, applying to a wide range of schools. Cause I find that's one of the biggest stress reducers is like making sure that you're applying to what we call a balanced list of schools. So not just highly selectives, but schools that as one book title called it's eight first choices, you know, can you find eight or 10 first choice schools that, you know, six of which you've got a good chance of getting into. Suddenly anxiety goes down. Cause it's like, Oh, you know what? I do have a chance of getting into some of these schools. And then you can focus back on where that, where I think your energy is best spent, which is in digging deep and figuring out what are the parts of yourself that you want to show. And then again, defining success, not by the outcome or what someone else thinks, but did you, did you do your best and, and defining that for yourself? Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm getting from you is before you even put pen to paper, if people are even using a pen or fingers to a keyboard, it's the mindset. You know, it's like you got to get in a certain mindset because if you're in a scarcity mindset, if you're in this uh, fear, this fear mindset, it's really hard to dig deep and channel what it is you want to share. Would you, would you say that's accurate? Totally. And it starts with like the essay prompts. So take the common app essay prompts, for example. So the essay, what we call the personal statement, the college essay has certain prompts and there are seven of them. And one of them is topic of your choice. Students sometimes overly obsess about the prompts because they've been told to in English class. What I want to encourage students to do is start with some great brainstorming exercises that are going to get you to get creative and thinking about experiences in your life that might make for a great story and start from within, start from you rather than what you think they want. Cause it's impossible to try and guess what they want, especially like every single admission officer at every school you're going to be applying to whom you've never met before. Start instead with thinking about, okay, how do I get in and figure out my skills, qualities, values, and interests that I want to show. That's a much more empowered place. And I think a stronger and actually less anxiety, anxious making place to start from. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. And when you go through this process with students, and I know you have, you have programs, what's your program that you, you teach over the summer? Yeah. So we've got a few different ones, but one of them is there's a live course that we teach over the summer, but it's available. Folks can watch recordings anytime. But essentially, we have a four-week program that allows students to figure out their personal statement topic, brainstorm ideas, pick a topic, try different things, fail, try again. Ah, here's something that works. And then, uh, you know, lots of tips for outlining, structuring, and revising so that by the end of the month, they've got something that they feel like, okay, this is workable. And then we transition into um, four more weeks. So it's, you know, done over the whole summer where students can figure out, okay, based on this being my personal statement story, what are the other parts of my application? How do, what does my activities list reveal about me? What is my additional information section? So another component of the application is colleges ask basically, what else do you want us to know about you? And students are often like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? Like what else is important there? So we get really specific about stuff that you can put in there to help give context for who you are, what your application is about. 
And then we get into dozens of, you know, supplemental essays that students need to write. So that my hope for students, and this gets in a timeline a little bit, is by the end of the summer, you would have a pretty good sense of, okay, these are my applications for, and this is what it looks like. This is the scope of it. If, but if somebody's listening to this at the end of the summer, it's not too late, okay? Most students don't really get started on these until like September, October. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine to do that. Um, it just might mean that you're doing it while you're doing some of these other things, your extracurricular activities, your, you know, biggest course load, et cetera. So I really encourage students, especially like rising juniors or rising seniors, sorry, to think about making time for this over the summer, because I can't stress how important it is, how, how busy <laughs> that fall senior year is going to be from, you know, as, as it is for many students. Yeah. When, when you're talking about the common app and the seven different prompts, and I know that some people might just know what those are and, and like, what, what is, what is a prompt? What are the seven different prompts? Do you have to write all of the seven prompts? Do you Good pick question. one? Yeah. And I, it's funny. I like, here's what I would say about the prompts is like, folks can Google them if they want, but I would say it's, it's more important to do brainstorming exercises. And I'll give you a couple examples in a second, tell your story first, and then just pick whichever prompt it connects with for your personal statement. For your supplemental essays, those are often very specific and it is really important to answer the prompt in those. And I know this is confusing and it's like, well, how would I know that? Well, good thing you're listening to this podcast, I guess. But in terms of the personal statement, I just find that thinking, for example, about your core values, um, there's an exercise that we can link in the show notes on that. Thinking about there, you know, I, I say that there are like eight different types of essays that you can write. Doing brainstorming that can help you generate ideas around those. And knowing that it doesn't necessarily have to be about your deepest, darkest challenge, because I think a lot of students kind of skew towards that. And let me say, I want to actually, if we've got time, I want to talk a little bit about writing about mental health issues, because I think students often ask, should I write about, you know, should I disclose mental health challenges? But broadly speaking, I want to say, you don't have to go deep and dark to write a great story. You can go broad. You can, you know, think about breadth and think about getting lots of different color and variety in your essay. That can be a nice lighter way to show who you are than just thinking about what's the hardest thing I've been through and how do I make it seem like it was really hard and like I've really been through a struggle because while struggles are important and I think they shape us you don't have to let them dominate your personal statement you can weave them into a paragraph for example you can share them in your additional information section and use your personal statement to tell some other story about you know different identities that you possess for example yeah I'm thinking about that and it's like if I'm wanting to write my personal statement, I mean, I'm going to want to include some drama, right? Like I'm okay. going to want to have conflict. I'm going to want to have something, you know, maybe a little bit dark, you know, a moment of discovery. So, you know, it's like, how could you write something that doesn't go deep and still impact someone in a deep way? Great question. And I think that there, I'll give you an example. One student um, wrote about their different identities. So this student was Chinese, uh, Catholic, Mexican, and each paragraph began with a different phrase. I am Chinese, I am Mexican, I am Catholic. And each paragraph showed what it was like being Chinese for the student. What were the details, the moments? And each one came with certain challenges. So in this particular student faced some, you know, social pressures within the family to get good grades, for example, or, you know, in, you know, his Mexican identity, he felt the need to be able to endure spicy foods, you know? And so there are these little mini challenges. So there are these little mini dramas, we'll call them. The biggest one I would say came in the, in the Catholic paragraph where the student says, you know, I have this thing that I believe in, but I also question what I believe in. So any of these challenges could have dominated the essay. It could have been this whole essay is about questioning religion or dealing with my parents' struggle and pressure, pressuring me to become a doctor, as the student literally says. But instead the student's like, here's this identity, but that's not all of who I am. Here's this other identity, but that's not all of who I am. But each one comes with its with its challenges. Also, I think students feel like they need to resolve the challenge. For example, this struggle between do I, you know, lean into faith and religion or do I lean away from it because it's sometimes confusing and hard. The student was clearly still wrestling with that. It's okay to have these things that you're struggling with and to name them without necessarily tying them up in a neat little bow. So the, the tactical specific thing that I'll say is like, you can mention these things and, you know, relate them as like aspects of who you are and things that you're thinking about problems that you're working on without feeling like you have to, you know, be a hero in every single moment in your story, for example. 
Yeah, I mean, I want to be a hero. Like, I want to make someone cry. I want to make someone <laughs> laugh. I want to like move someone. But I just, I love the example. I love the example you used, which is, which is awesome. What should, I hate asking a should question. I'm not a big should have person. But if someone's approaching this personal statement, where's a place they shouldn't start? Do you have a few places to avoid? Totally. So I just did a YouTube video on this. So I've got the bullet points in my head. Uh, I say that to be a little more transparent, but the first, the, the top three, I would say, don't go there's uh, number one. I think that a lot of students now, let me just follow this up that I, I hope that we have a minute to say where you should go so that people don't feel just Absolutely, like, because yes, what I'm about to do for a, a good portion of the audience, students, especially, I'm going to shoot down some ideas that you were thinking about writing about potentially. So uh, there, there are sort of the classics. The classics are writing about a common sport or extracurricular activity. So writing about football, basketball, volleyball, you know, violin, uh, you know, any of these common sports, piano, I've been doing this for years and it's shaped who I am, golf. I wouldn't write about that. A couple of reasons. One, it's going to blend in. It's going to put the reader into skimming mode and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, great, another basketball essay. Um, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, these are all common things. Also, some schools are going to ask you about those things and you've got opportunities to write about them in the activities list and your supplemental essays. So that's one. Two is the mission trip essay, which became less popular during COVID, but it's the going, you know, being a person of privilege, going to a place where folks were relatively less privileged and realizing basically how privileged you are and how much you have to be grateful for, or that poor people are actually can be happy. And that's sort of like, you know, it's just bad on lots of levels. Um, a third one is like the big uh, performance or the big game essay. So the big performance essay goes something like I was waiting backstage to give the speech, do the dance, etc. And then I was, you know, hands were sweaty and I didn't know if I could do it, but I did it. And I gained confidence. It's great. And you're kind of like, you know, great. Or the big game essay where it's like, we're down by two runs, bottom of the ninth, you know, or down by one touchdown, you know, end of the fourth quarter. And then one of two endings, you know, we either win the game, yay, or we lose the game, but we learn a valuable lesson. Um, related to this one is like the sports injury essay, which is like, you know, the students participating in the sport breaks, pops, snaps something, and then surprise, they don't actually end up going back to the team, but they end up getting involved as the manager of the team and they end up supporting the team in this way they didn't at all expect. So these are sort of like four of like the greatest hits. But I will say, I'm going to add one to this one now, Harlan, and I will, I want to talk a little bit about mental health for just a second, because it's been a thing that as I've talked to admission officers lately and asked, what are your most common topics? Both high school counselors and admission officers are saying, so many students are writing about anxiety and depression. Now, quick pause and side note, and I want to say that like for students who are struggling with mental health challenges, I know you talk about this a lot, Harlan, but in the show notes, I want to share some resources and say, as somebody who's like a super fan of talking to people in therapy, I think Harlan, we share this, like talk to somebody. Um, and it could, you know, if it's a parent, a counselor, somebody like there is a way out, you know, there is, there is, there is, there is support for you. And I, I feel kind of trite doing that as kind of like an aside, but I feel like if we just skipped over that, and I didn't say that, um, uh, you know, it's reaching out for support. Isn't, you know, cowardly. It's, it's, it's a sign of bravery. Um, so quick side note on that. Um, if you're considering writing about mental health challenges, I want to let you know that a lot of students are writing about this and college admission, imagine you're a college admission reader and you've read your 30th essay on anxiety and depression. It's, it's gonna, it might blend in. Now, if this is something that you feel like is really important as part of your application, because you've done stuff about it and you've learned stuff, you can put that in your additional information section, which is an open 650 word section. And you can say, here's a challenge I face. Here's how it impacted me. Here's what I did. And here's what I learned in bullet points. And they will get that part of you, which is great. Or you can weave it into a paragraph potentially in your essay. But um, one thing that's I think sometimes admission readers are concerned about is, is the student, in the student disclosing this, are we going as, an, as, a, as, a, as a college, are we going to be able to support this student? Is this student ready for college? Um, which is a, just a great question anyway. To right. about. But sometimes people are like, is there a negative stigma attached? It depends on how you write about it. And if you're really committed to writing about it and you feel like it's your best story, first of all, I would ask, have you brainstormed other possibilities? Because it could be that you don't have other ideas just yet. So I would encourage students to brainstorm other possibilities. 
and I can share a link in the show notes to how to brainstorm seven different uh, you know, ideas. But if you brainstorm other ideas and you spend at least an hour doing that and you go, you know what, this story is my most important story, then I would say I would encourage students to put it into the first two paragraphs, the challenge and the effects. Mostly in the middle, talk about what you've done about it and, and make sure you include a paragraph, if not two, on what you learned through the experience. It can be harder to write. It can be emotionally taxing to do this, which by the way, side note, I think is really useful just in life. Like go and write, or you can just go and write about it and then go, okay, do I want this to be my college essay or not? Or do I just want this to be like, have been a personal growth exercise? Or sometimes students will write the challenges, you know, mental health or, you know, depression, anxiety essay, and then they'll write another one. And then they'll go back, okay, and ask, which one of these is going to be the best way yeah. to demonstrate my skills, qualities, values, and interests? Right. Um, so I love I love the idea of if you know what you want to write about, just set it aside for a second and come up with six other ideas. Right. You know, because right. there are six other ideas. There are there are more ideas. There isn't just one. So I think that's really powerful because I could just imagine someone listening and, and saying, you know, Ethan, you've talked about my most important moments in my life, the things that define me. And you've said, don't write about those things. Right. And it's not that you're saying don't write about those things. You're saying it can be a part of what you're writing. Right. It could be an aspect of what you include, but the narrative, the storyline as doesn't need to be so um, predictable, right. right? Would you say that's, that's accurate? It's yeah, it's, it's two things. One, it's predictability because oftentimes we know how that story ends and it's hard in like a paragraph or two to like, be like, I'm going to differentiate myself in this particular paragraph. And oftentimes the reader ends up skimming the first half or two thirds of your essay. Cause they're like, well, I've heard this story before. But the other thing that I'll say to students sometimes Harlan is like, Hey, I'm just not sure that I feel like there's so much to you that's not coming through in this essay. So sometimes it's detaching ourselves from the piece of writing. And so my, you know, my team and I will often say to students like, hey, you know, it, we'll talk about it as an essay, as a thing that you are doing, not like who you are. And I think that that kind of language, and I'm talking to parents now for a second, when you're giving feedback to students, saying, speaking about it as an essay, as a piece of writing, a thing that a student did, I think is really important versus like who the student is, because those are, those are very different things. Right. And so I want, I want to encourage students to, when you're thinking about it, like, this story, it is who you are, but it's also not who you are. Um, and a good zoom back question is like, is there more to me that's maybe not showing up on the page yet? Okay, I wanna get to the things that you should do, but I just had a really cool idea. I don't know if Go. you've ever done this before Go. because parents are involved and there's probably a lot of parents who will be listening, but have you ever challenged a parent? Like this would be so cool, Ethan. I'd love to be part of this experiment where a student has to write their personal statement but then as part of it, a parent writes their own, Totally writes theirs too. Like, cause if a parent goes through that process as opposed to coaching or reviewing it, it's kind of like the person on the field versus the person on the sideline. But if a parent actually gets to go through that process in some aspect of their life, it's going to be cathartic. It'll be interesting and challenging and insightful. Absolutely. I love that. I love that suggestion. I've, I've made it like once or twice before, but it's something that I'm like, I should probably meme a little bit more because I feel like oftentimes if I'm honest and let me, let me, let me, let me reveal myself and be vulnerable. When I was helping my brother through this process, for example, after college, and I was helping him with his essays, like I was totally, you know, what, what do you call it? Like vicariously living through him and quote unquote, writing my personal statement through him. Like, here are the things that I think it should be. And so I think that oftentimes as parents, yeah, you know, we're doing that. We're going like, I want to be doing this. And so that I think could help actually remove some of that. And Perfect. Um, so do it. So write right. your personal statement because it's kind of cool for us to have our own personal statements just in life. I mean, we're constantly changing those personal statements, but for each phase of our life and, and understanding just how to construct that. Okay. So when it comes to the things to do, and I know we're just really touching the surface. And what I love about Ethan and College Essay Guy, often called CEG, stands for College Essay Guide, uh, Ethan has these incredible resources that are free. Like that's the thing that's, I, I really just admire how many resources, like if a student can't participate for whatever reason in what you're offering, there's a place for them to find lists and resources and prompts. And then there's also this piece, and I wanna make sure we get to what you need to do, 
where if somebody doesn't have the resources to pay for a class, does that mean that they can't be in it? No, it's pay what you can. So we're big on access. You know, we're big on making sure that students can participate no matter what financial background. So there's, you know, all the courses that we offer, the ones we talked about, there's like a button that you can click and request a pay what you can spot. And um, that's that's a real offer. Like I'd really rather students take the course and pay a few bucks than, or, or zero dollars if they need to. There is also a place where for students listening who can't afford one-on-one -on -one support that we have, you know, we have a basically a huge volunteer team where we pair students with a volunteer counselor if, you, if that's helpful for the essay application process. So, so yeah. And then in terms of like resources, if you, there are two, like the, we can get to, I can mention this again at the end, but like signing up for basically opting in for anything on the website will, will give you sort of like our top resources and you'll just get like a, a spaced out series of emails where you'll get those different resources. So. Yeah. Well, I really encourage anyone to do that. And and I'm doing it because I have kids who are, who are, it's crazy, man. I got kids who are like going through this now. It's so wild. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very scary. Uh, it's hard to know where to start. And I think as a parent wanting to coach uh, your, your kid, wanting to help your kid, it's, it, it's really hard. Um, even when it comes to like writing their personal statement, writing their supplemental essays, when it comes to things to do when it comes to good places to start if someone listening wants to just kind of you know just think about this while playing a sport or going for a walk or just living their life what are some things they can start thinking about yeah great so if we're talking just like thinking about what do you want to show to colleges starting with this five minute values exercise which is basically walks i walk you through in this youtube video to think about okay what are my top 10 values what are my top five? What are my top three? And that's a cool way of being like, all right, like, what do I care about right now in my life? Is it my creativity, my, you know, commitment to social justice? Is it efficiency? Is it, you know, what is that? What are those things? Because that will start getting you thinking about the different parts to be that can map out into different parts of the application. But of course you can't just, for example, write a personal statement about like, I love creativity and family and the environment. And that's me. Like you've got to find specific concrete ways to show those how those manifest in your life. So there's a little exercise that we'll link below. That's a brainstorming exercise and it takes about 20 minutes or so, but it walks you through seven different ways of thinking about different sides of you. And it's some of those, like I mentioned at the start, those great questions. I think it's a series of some of the most efficient questions or let me say most effective questions for getting deep and going deep and then also going wide and thinking about different sides of yourself. And once you start to do that, your brain is going to start to like percolate on like, okay, cool. There are lots of sides of me that I could show. A simple exercise, and this is getting into the, the weeds a little bit, but a simple exercise for figuring out is an idea, like a personal statement idea going to work? Um, and I'm going to have to, I'll show this because I have one sitting next to me, is picking something that you, for example, know a lot about. Like I know a lot about games. And so you can take an idea like games and you can write it at the top of a piece of paper and then going, okay, how many different values could I connect games to? So I could connect, you notice the board games behind me if folks can are watching the YouTube version of this, but I love board games. For me, what values does it connect to? Well, it connects to some of my core values. Some of the ones I just mentioned, like uh, family and creativity. And I could connect board games to social justice or listening because board games have made me a better listener. What this starts to lead to is like, when I start to think of examples of how board games have helped me connect with my family more deeply or have helped, you know, help, you know, me express my creativity, like suddenly paragraphs and like images start to form. And each of these can end up becoming a paragraph in an essay. And if, and the quick topic test is like, if I come up with an idea and I can connect it to different values in like a minute or two, and I call this a jellyfish. So you can create like a little jellyfish for yourself. That's a pretty good way of knowing if you're going to have a, a lot of some stuff to say about it, and if it's going to be what I call elastic, which is to say stretchy enough to connect to different sides of you. So for students who are thinking about it, or parents, if you're thinking about this, if you just, you know, watch the video, brainstorm some different ideas based on this, and then go, okay, let's give it the jellyfish test. Can I connect it to different values, different sides of me that are important? That might be a good sign that this is something to explore either for your personal statement or for, you know, another part of your application. And it's fun. It only takes, it takes less than half an hour and it'll kind of get you building some momentum. Cause I think that's something that's really important for this process is getting inspired. 
and getting creative and having some stuff to do. So that's something like specific and concrete that you can do that will kind of create some energy for all the other stuff that you'll have to do throughout this process. Okay. So what I'm thinking is there's someone who's a musician, they love music or they're an athlete and on the top of that jellyfish is baseball or band. And then they see all those little lines, but then they're thinking, well, Ethan said, I shouldn't talk about athletics and I shouldn't talk about band. Is there a way to make a jellyfish that can incorporate those things that really excite you that connect to those core values and then a way to write that so it stands out? Totally. So just like we were talking about with challenges or mental health you know, issues, anxiety, depression, I, I don't think you shouldn't talk about those things. I just think that it's, if you make it your main topic, it's probably going to blend in. So ask yourself, how could baseball, the violin, one of these things that as a topic on its own might blend in, how could it become something that you weave into a particular paragraph? So an example of this, one of the brainstorming exercises asks you to think about your different identities. So some of my different identities include, and you just, you make a big list of them. Well, ask yourself, okay, which of my identities is like my athlete identity or my musician identity? And what are some of the components and the values of that? That would be a way to potentially weave in that in a larger essay about different identities and how those manifest in your life. So I'm not saying no to that as in general, I'm just asking students to weave it in. The second technique, if you are needing to write an essay on one of those more common topics is to brainstorm what are gonna be the cliche values, which is to say, maybe they ask you, what's your most important extracurricular activity? And it's playing the violin. What are gonna be the most common values? Brainstorm those, discipline, hard work, perseverance, and then cross those out mentally and see if you can find different values that another student might not be writing out, writing about. I call those making uncommon connections because it's those uncommon connections like, well, violin has actually helped me become more productive or violin has helped me you know, connect more deeply with my culture. And talking about those different values in those paragraphs are going to help you stand out. I like to say better ingredients, better pizza. Um, that's I made that up, Harlan. Yeah. But it's, it's those it's those ingredients, and by ingredients I mean the values that can make, can make for more interesting paragraphs. If you are going to write about one of those common topics. So if it's music, it can be it could be a string that a string that breaks, and and going to a store and meeting someone who's been playing their whole life and shares a life lesson that resonates like a I find that it's hard well potentially I find that it's hard it ends up being hard to write about experiences with other people or because sometimes it ends up being more about that other person or that story and the story ends up taking a lot of it if you did have a, have a life-changing experience for example of a string breaking I would go ah what other objects have led to moments of insight in your life so for example, there was the string that broke on my violin, which led to that awesome conversation. And then I would have the student brains from five to seven more. Can you think of what I call essence objects that led to these little moments or these conversations with strangers that ended up having an impact? So maybe the theme of your essay becomes like objects that have been meaningful to me or conversations with strangers. And that larger theme can basically become, you know, the, the sort of connective thing that connects these different yeah. moments. And it's, it's, it's a little bit of improv of like, yes, yes, anding totally. and going down that path. Um, I'm going to wrap things up in, in just a moment, but I know there are a lot of students who are really shy. And when it comes to writing, it's very sensitive. A lot of students think they're terrible writers and yeah. they're not great communicators and they're not smart enough. So when you're going through this, when you're going through the, the essay course, how do you find students communicate you know is it is it a comfortable environment are they able to be vulnerable how, how does that work well here's what so what's great about and you know so there's like the course and then there's like you know sometimes we work with students one-on-one -on -one. there's like the great thing about the exercise is that they're all written and their students get to decide what level of share they want to do so you know a lot of times the workshop is happening in here i'm pointing to my brain right now it's happening in your head and it's happening in your heart i would say and so, you know, we're, we're working to create an environment of psychological safety where students get to consent to sharing. So for example, if I'm on the course and I'm like, here's some ideas in, I want to hear your ideas, share out your topics because we'll play a game called like, is this a good topic or not? And I think that, you know, question, is this a good topic or not? For some students, it's like, oh, I want to know right away. And they'll share their right. ideas. Other students. And so what I try and provide is framework so that students can search, search, search themselves and find out, do I think this is going to be a good topic or not based on what, 
you know, what, what a good topic is, quote unquote. So I'm trying to provide frameworks so that students can one, share only when they want to, but two, decide for themselves. And then, yeah, when it comes to like, you know, working with students one-on-one, -on -one, for example, it's like working with somebody, a caring coach, who's going to actually, you know, kind of go through this process at the student's pace. And part of that right. is figuring out to what extent do students want to share? To what extent do, are they ready to, you know, right. reveal and, and to go slow? Well, you've been doing this for a long time and there's a method to this, right? There's a method. And I, I think that's what a lot of people don't uh, understand. Where, where do you start? How do you work through this? How do you get to a place where you can share something that really represents? I think it, it's it's like sharing light. I like to look at it as light. Like right now, what we're doing is, is sharing light and energy and 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 uh, sound waves. And, and it really is a way to capture their light. And, and I think that what you're talking about, the prompts and all the other aspects, not only do they help student to, students to be able to articulate something that they probably didn't know they had inside them, they're able to use those skills to communicate in lots of different ways. I want to get, um, you're, were you going to say, Samantha, I want to jump oh, on Oh, that's my hope. I mean, I think that I wouldn't be doing this work if it was just by getting into college. Like, higher education is awesome. And I hope sincerely that, you know, the students that I meet and the students listening to this get into great schools. But what I'm deeply committed to is finding these ways to learn more about ourselves and one another and ways to connect with one another, because that's the stuff that's going to carry out much beyond this yeah. process. Okay. I want to share all the resources you have. I want to go through a list of just maybe like three essential resources. But, but before that, I just, there's one other question that popped into my head. Great. And I want to know, Ethan, your top three, and it could be just from this past year, three memorable essays, three topics that really resonated that you were like, man, this is a really, these are really good ones. Can you get, can you give me three and I'll take as many as five? Great. The first one that I already mentioned, it was a student writing about their different identities. I am Mexican, I am Chinese, I am Catholic. And each paragraph focused with specific detail on how that identity manifested in their lives. Number one, it's in my head right now. Number two, another student wrote about the different homes, which is to say the places where they found themselves in flow, where time disappeared. And again, specific details, moments, images that in each paragraph showed a different home, you know, a place that they loved. Um, notice that none of these, I'm trying to do this on purpose. None of these necessarily relate to challenges. Another one, I'm, I'm also trying to, oh, here's another one. Uh, student writing about food. I have a YouTube video on this one, but there's a student writing about how different food experiences have impacted him in different ways, connecting to family, connecting to, in some cases, vulnerability. And food is a common topic, but I think he did a really nice job of taking a common topic and making it uncommon by getting, again, really specific with those detailed moments and images and having a, a so what at the end that really surprised me. I'll give it, here's a bonus one that I don't necessarily recommend, but there was a student that I, uh, co my coach and I were meeting with and we were talking about ideas and she mentioned the dictionary of obscure sorrows, which is like uh, a basically a fake dictionary that has made up words and these different, like words that there should be, things that there should be words for, but they make up the, def the word and the definition. And this student, we recognize that this would be a pretty good montage threat. So a montage is like an essay that jumps around in space and time. So the student ended up writing an essay about how making up these different words and what they meant. And each one showed a different aspect of that student's life. So that's a great example of finding a thing that connects to a bunch of different things. Like one student wrote about trivial pursuit and each category represented a different side of her. So it's finding those things that, again, are elastic and allow you to talk about different sides of yourself. You can see that that's a, I'm a super fan of. That's what that's the theme that all of those essay topics have in common. And I assume some of those students are going to college. They're all going to great schools. And, <laughs> right. you know, and not, I mean, some of those students are going to selective schools, but again, I want to come back to like, there's a great college out there for you that wants you and that even will give you money. So yeah, that's really a matter of research. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. I love talking to you. I find it so interesting. There's so many ideas and questions that swirl around my mind. And I would love for everyone to know where can they go? How can they take these ideas, put them into a essay? Uh, how, how can they learn from you and the rest of your team? Great. Let's do, we'll go students, parents, counselors. So students who are thinking about this process, there's a free guide to the personal statement. You can find it on the website. 
Um, and if you opt in for that, you'll get basically this like step-by-step -step guide that kind of walks you through the light version of the course. And it, you know, it would take, it's got sample essays, it's got brainstorming, et cetera. For parents, we've got what we call our family handbook, which is essentially like, a, we try to keep it to 35 pages. So it's not a whole book, but it's like the 35 page version of like all the things to think about when it comes to the college admission process. And that's on our collegeessayguide.com slash parents page. For counselors, I have like my top 10 resources for counselors. Um, things like, you know, our YouTube channel, things like the workshops that we do. Um, there's PD that we do. We also do, anyway. So I would say that that would be the place for counselors to go. That's awesome. So I'm gonna link to all of these resources in the show notes. So people can click on this, they can learn about your YouTube channel and your different videos and the prompts. And hey, for people who wanna find a date, um, what are those interesting questions again? Like how many are those? If you Google interesting questions, college essay guy, you'll it'll come up on, on the Google machine. It's not even just dating. Just meet someone, make friends, maybe exactly. a friend, who knows? But I'll include that as well. And then if people want to find your book, will you tell them again the books? College Essay Essentials and College Admission Essentials. Available Wonderful. wherever fine books are sold. Okay, that's great. And um, I'll figure out, maybe I'll give some away. Great. You know, just figure out how to do that too. Because I like giving things away, which is great. If anyone has questions about Ethan, what Ethan has shared, you can let me know. I'd love to have Ethan on again. You know, we go way back and we can get deeper into the specifics for today. I really wanted to just start, you know, a starting point, because yeah. I think that's really the hardest part is just starting. So Ethan, I'm so grateful. Thanks for your time. And oh, is, there, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up? Yeah, it's like, the a, a sort of guiding principle for this process is like the something like the serenity prayer, which is like um, focus on the things you can control. It's basically the gist of it. It's like, give me the wisdom to know what I can and can't control. And I just want to encourage students to like, if you're getting stressed about this, ask yourself, what is it that I can control right now? What is it that I can control? You can't control necessarily where you get in. You can't control what admission readers are going to think of you. You can control you know, do you make time to work on your stuff? And are you applying to schools, for example, that you have a good chance of getting into? So refocus and keep asking, what is it that I can control that I can focus on right now? I found that's a pretty good way of uh, dealing with my own anxiety. So yeah, that. I love it. I love it because we do have a lot more control over this process and people are going to live wonderful lives and do incredible things. And school is just a place to go to do the things that you love to do. And there are lots of places to do it or to learn and experiment and experience and all that. So I'm so grateful to have you Thank in you. our corner in students' corners, parents' corners, professionals' corner, and we corners, and I will uh, continue to share your resources. So Ethan, thank you so much for being here. Always grateful. Love to see you. Can't wait to see you again in person. And thanks for your time. Thanks for being awesome, Harlan. As always, it's it's lovely to talk to you. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm Harlan Cohen, and whatever you need, however I can help you, the goal is to help everyone to get to wherever they want to go by scaling hope, giving someone some, giving everyone something to be excited about. So thanks for being here, and I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, everyone.